Guys, I saw something, yeah, on like Reddit. Let me see if I can find it. It was about this guy. Okay, this way, this is what it says. It says, my girlfriend told her family that I'm Bosnian, Muslim, and that my entire family was killed in the war, and now her parents are visiting for the first time. Any idea what I should, what I should do? Um, he said, I'm an, I'm an average white American. So basically, <laughs> I don't want to read the whole story because it's like a bit, it's a bit long. So basically, him and he, he was dating this Bangladesh girl. And she's Muslim, and her parents are like really strict, but she lives in a different town because she's doing university there. Mm -hmm. So then they met there, and they've been dating for like three years. Three and years, wow. Every, like she hasn't told her parents about it or anything like that. Every single time her parents call, they find like a match for her or something like that. Yeah. And she goes and declines the offers and everything like that. And then um, one of her relatives found out that she was dating this guy, and then she told her family about it. And he's like white American, but then he has like features that look, I don't know, Middle Eastern or something like that. So she told her whole family. Yeah, she told his whole family that um, he's Bosnian and he's Muslim. And um, what do you call it? All his family died in a war. Oh, okay. Why would you lie about that? <laughs> so then they don't have to meet their family. And I was like, what? Why would she do that? Like, eventually it's going to come out that. Exactly. He's alive and well and his family's fine. Why base a whole relationship off life? But three years is a lot. Three years. Without telling anyone. Like, I don't understand how do you do that? I don't even know. Like, there would be some sort of you that would be excited to tell, you know, your family about this person that you're with. I think he's also, because he's not Muslim. But uh, then she not knew just that, that a when lot she was of, getting into it, yeah. so. It's, I don't know, man. I don't know. That's a deep topic. That is very... But before we get into, you know, <laughs> our deep topics today, let me just do a little bit of an introduction to episode three, guys. Welcome to episode three. This is On Air Podcast. I'm your host, Samira. And today we have two special guests. So we do have my co-host. Tifton. Hi, guys. And then we also have our special guest. And I don't want to butcher her name now. So you want to say your name? It's Roda, okay. <laughs> and welcome, Roda. Thank you. You're welcome, you're welcome. So in today's episode, we're just going to be touching base on Islam, you know, um, our hardships in life. We're going to be talking a lot about navigating life um, in a Western society, really, where sometimes being Muslim can be really hard. Mm. And we're going to be talking about misconceptions about Islam. So this is a big topic. So like, does anyone really want to get started? Because I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm going to ask you guys a question, yeah? Okay. What um, hardship did you go through in life about Islam and how did you overcome it? Mm. Should I start? Yeah, you go for yeah, it. Yeah, you go ahead. Um, I guess like the biggest thing, like the low point in my life, like the biggest thing that happened to me was like my idea of like comparing myself to other people. And it wasn't just like celebrities or like influence, it wasn't people like that because like I don't really idolize people like that, but it was more so like friends. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't anything to do with like jealousy or anything like that. It was just at the back of my mind, I was happy for them, you know, but at the back of my mind, I was always like, okay, why isn't this happening to me though? Like, I don't understand why it's not happening to me and all of that stuff. And I went through a really low time where, you know, obviously your iman goes high and low mm. and um, it fluctuates, you know, it's never going to be standstill. But it went to this point where I w it was just low for a really long time and I didn't know how to get back to being on like that high place. And I remember I was watching this video from um, Omar Suleiman, which he's a great lecturer. 
lecturer and he's a great sheikh and um, it was on YouTube and it was Ramadan 2021 I remember and he was talking about like hardships and he was basically saying that everything that you're going through right now there's a reason why you're going through it and at the time I didn't know the reason I was going through it because obviously I don't know what Allah has planned for me is Qadr at the end of the day but it got to a point where I just constantly felt like I was losing hope. I just constantly felt like nothing was going to go my way. Like everyone was getting things that they wanted, but I wasn't getting the things that I wanted. And I like kind of isolated myself a little bit from people and just kept to myself. But then I realized, I was like, after watching that video, I realized and I was like, okay, listen, Samira, like at the end of the day, people are probably comparing themselves to you, you know? So you need to understand that it's okay to compare but however don't make it seem like they're better than you because Allah has a plan for you that you don't know mm -hmm. and I just felt like because I didn't know that plan then I was a failure so it was really hard for me to overcome that but alhamdulillah I started reading more the Quran I guess that's what really got me out of the rut was like I started reading about translation about the Quran so I started reading upon that. I started looking at like the hardships of the Prophet and not to say that so not to say like anything like them, but there were people that went through a lot of hardships, you know, like mm. the Prophet Muhammad, you know, um, Prophet Yus Yusuf and like all of these like prophets, they went through one of the hardest things of their lives. And so for them to overcome it was because they had Allah in their heart. At the end of the day, they never lost hope in Allah. And that was like the biggest thing for me was like not losing hope in Allah. So I remember now what I do is like um, I sit down and I just talk to Allah like like he's my best friend. Like I have this connection and relationship with him that inshallah I never lose that I can just sit down and just talk to him and I love it. So that really helped me a lot and just like learning about Islam through my own research because mm -hmm. sometimes you know you're born into a Muslim family and it's like just pray, you know, just, just no do the things questions, that you're supposed to yeah. do. Yeah. And sometimes I felt like if I ask questions, then they will be like, oh, but like... Are you not, are you, re not religious? No questioning, basically. Yeah, like, yeah. are you going to leave the Islam? Are you going to leave religion? So I took upon myself to research. And once I did that, I started to realize that, you know, Allah's your best friend at the end of the day. So just talk to him and he, he knows what's best for you. So just do that and you'll be fine. So I guess that's like the yeah, lowest yeah. part and how I came out of that, really. What about you, Rada? Uh, for me, I feel like I lived a pretty relaxed, uh, pretty normal life up until I'd say I went to high school. I think that was the first time of where I had like uh, ups and downs when it came to understanding myself. And basically, I feel like when we get when, uh, when we're young, we kind of everyone's like, oh, everyone's like everyone's unique, everyone's special, da da da, and but we're all the same at the same time for some somehow. And I feel like. I feel like getting once I entered high school, I kind of tried to find an identity, and for me that was basically just everyone around me, like my friends, whatever they liked, whatever they did, that was my identity. And at home, that you know we have completely different lifestyles. I thought you know, I guess I just end up following what my parents were like or my family traditions. So it was just one way with another group of people, another way with another group of people, and I never really you know developed a self-identity or even just morals for myself i had like for example yeah i was muslim but it wasn't necessary that i was muslim you know what i mean like i i used to put on i put on a scarf i prayed here and there but it wasn't like it meant anything for me because i never really connected with it nor did i even understand what it meant and i feel like with the um 
rise of like uh, terrorism and things, I feel like seeing going from like relatively barely spoken about to like being on the internet and the news all the time, it kind of like made me more self-aware of what I was. And you know, after a while, I kind of was like, okay, so okay, I'm a Muslim, but what does that mean? Like, I'm I'm praying here and there, but what does it mean? Like, I've I fasted on Ramadan since a very young age, but like I never understood why I did it, mm-hmm. and. After a while, I think, like, a lot of it came from also misunderstanding as well, like, based on, like, you know, misconceptions of what Islam actually was. Mm-hmm. And that came from, you know, mixing it with culture. Like, what I thought was, I, you know, I couldn't tell the difference between um, the culture that I was brought up in and the religion itself. And a lot of times, the problem is a lot of countries in which are born, people are born Muslim, they you know they mix these things together so a lot of times you have cases where people wear necklaces to protect them from the evil eye or mm-hmm. you, witch doctors or something like that you know and it makes no sense but and then later on a lot of people observing that would think oh is that that's what islam is but you know it's not that you know and i think my lack of understanding was what caused a lot of problems and after that i keep thinking you know like i could be doing so many things right now i could be having fun and this scarf like having people constantly feeling like people are watching me it caused a lot of anxiety you know and i was thinking you know what why am i dealing with this anxiety i could i could lose this anxiety if i just don't wear a scarf i could make my life easier why am i torturing myself you know representing a religion i didn't believe in you know and at that point in time, I, when I reached grade 10, I decided, I just, I was like, you know what, I don't really believe in God. You know, I wouldn't, I thought it was just something that people believed in because they were scared of death. That was my mentality. And then my mom sent me to an Islamic school and that completely changed my life. Um, I think when people say that the things in your life, the things you watch, the people you're around, your parents, it shapes you. It really does. And it affects who you are at the end of the day. And I feel like, this was this and this basically showed me this because when I was surrounded by people they were good people but when I was surrounded by people who were non-Muslims I lived the way they lived I believed what they believed I saw when I when I would hear them do drugs or them do like drink all day and go clubbing I saw it as normal I didn't question it it wasn't until I went to an Islamic school and people were like you know oh uh, this person did this and oh my god this is bad that for the first time I was introduced to the concept that like you know that you know like it's not always good like it's not normal and that for you know for a lot of people it isn't normal and I think I saw a different perspective of life mm-hmm. and it but it wasn't but even when I was at an Islamic school it wasn't necessarily like I developed my identity then or I connected with Islam yet it was more like I was in the process of and the way I and because of this I think I had a lot of hardships trying to like figure out what I wanted it was like sometimes I told myself I wanted the non-muslim life other times I was convinced that you know the Islamic was the only way so it was my my hardships were like up and down it was one extreme to another extreme Mm -hmm. I think finding the way I found balance the way I was able to navigate through that was doing what Allah said and which is basically just observing seeing the different the the people in my life seeing like looking researching looking around and seeing how the different societies that people are brought up in and basically just observing everything in my life and every experience I've had and seeing how it's affected me and comparing it with the religion as well I feel like I don't know how that how this would make sense but I feel like that understanding I feel like researching and understanding the religion and also observing everything I experienced in life and the people I was surrounded by, I feel like that's what led me to be able to balance out a little bit, if that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. That does make sense. It's really good. Yeah, it does make sense. It does make sense. But anyway, the person that asked us the question, I think you should answer too. 
I think mine just started off like when I started working and like working like a lot of hours during the day and like missing some prayers and then have to like pay back after and it was like very rushed mm. started off like that like Zuhur and Asr we prayed together because I couldn't pay pray while I'm in work or something something small like that and then later on it started to feel like I wasn't really connecting with the Salah yeah I wasn't connecting with the Salah and I just felt like it wasn't it wasn't feeling like real anymore as it used to feel before anyway and like I just started like looking into the translations of what I was doing when I was praying and that like helped a lot that a helps, lot more yeah, so helps. much more so yeah that, that's about it yeah, yeah. <laughs> not that much <laughs> but um I wanted to ask you guys something actually mm -hmm. so I saw this thing on um Twitter and it was this guy and he was basically explaining how when you meet people outside of your bubble you start to realize that they have such different morals and views mm. and i guess that really like what's the word i'm looking for um that really change not change but like that really opened my mind up a bit more yeah because i can say this for all of us well not so more i've had the same experience but, but the other way around the way around okay, yeah. yeah so i could say this for me and ifton like being in a muslim school for a really long time like it also felt like we were in this bubble where like we saw people pray we saw people do things that it was normal to us you know it was normalized however uh, once you leave that bubble and you left school and i left school i felt like i was brought up in this whole new environment like i knew people did things that like obviously islam doesn't condone but it was this part this point in my life it was more so like a front in my face mm -hmm. like it was there yeah you know what i mean it was like people that i personally knew were doing these things and i was just like oh wow like how am i going to navigate life i felt like it was really hard being Muslim like outside in like the Western world because there's just things that are just don't align with our morals and values and sometimes I was like oh dang like I think I might devil down in this <laughs> and I was like I'm not sure if I should and it was just it was so chaotic but like how do you guys feel about that like the Western society and being a Muslim in the Western society Oh, um, yeah, it definitely contributes to a lot of anxiety. I think being, a, I think I spent years not really being aware of being Muslim. So once I kind of, well, actually, I think I'll be a little bit, I'll take it from a different perspective. I think I kind of grew, under, grew up from both these perspectives, but I was really exposed to the Western ideas and ideologies and basically the social norms mm -hmm. that for me alcohol and all these things the people doing these things were just not were, it wasn't in my face it wasn't normal it wasn't like abnormal it was it was pretty normal actually what abnormal what, what was abnormal for me was when I went to the summer school and people were saying stuff like oh uh you know don't interact with guys like you can't be friends with them which was like I was like oh really I didn't know that mm -hmm. where it was like you know um seeing people like you know certain dress code like that the hijab wasn't just like something you put on your head like it was a dress code yeah like you couldn't show your arms for years i didn't know you know i didn't know that your arms couldn't show i didn't know that the, that makeup wasn't a thing that you could do as well with it i didn't know you know there was a lot of things i did that i thought were normal growing up because being surrounded by non-muslims that when i actually went to a muslim environment i thought wow this is strict this is so like i was like this is saudi arabia 2.0 like I, I was like this is not for me you know like i really don't like it here but you know it's strange because after a while of being surrounded by that people i developed 
a sort of shyness. Mm-hmm. Like, I've always been shy, but I feel like I didn't have much hashod, I guess, that yeah, much. Okay, yeah. But I, because I didn't understand why I should have hashod, but I think after being surrounded by people who were excited about prayer, being surrounded by people who, 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 who spent, who would stand in front of, like, it, during assembly, reciting du'as that I never even heard of, and I didn't even know existed, you know? You know, it was like, oh, this is a completely different perspective of, 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 of morals and values but you know what this connected me with my family because I understood where my mom was coming from I understood my mom's values mm-hmm. it wasn't so strange anymore you know it was for you because you came to Islamic school later yeah then us like we saw it as like normal yeah like it wasn't it wasn't anything like changing yeah, for me like AIC was weird as it well was it was weird. <laughs> it was a weird school it wasn't like um it was like the normal thing you yeah know? it was normal but it was really good though like we a lot of stuff like good, right now yeah. Like going every single morning, doing some du'as yes, and everything like yeah, that. And now you're like, thinking back at it and you're just like, wow. But it was like normal, you know, every single day yeah. stuff. It yeah. wasn't normal for me. And it was strange because up until I, w- I was so convinced that when my mom suggested the idea of me going to Islamic school, I was so convinced I was going to be miserable. Yeah. And then I went there and I was like, I don't know how to explain it. But when, you're sur- when you don't see that many Muslims around, like even when I went to school with, and there were a few Muslims here and there, you know, they weren't exactly like like doing everything that I've, I don't know, like they weren't very open about the idea that they're Muslim, like, oh, I'm going to go pray, I'm going to, like, there was just kind of like, okay, you're Muslim, I'm Muslim, that's cool, let's never really interact ever again, you know, that was yeah. how it was. But I don't understand, up until that moment, I went to Islam school, and I was surrounded by people who looked like me, who dressed like me, you know, who whose families were probably like mine, you know, had shared the same values. It made me feel connected with people. For once in my life, I actually didn't feel like an outsider. And I think during that time when there was a rise of terrorism, I felt like such an outsider at my mm-hmm. my non-Muslim school. Like I, everyone else, no one else was wearing a scarf. No one else understood. Like when they, everyone was wearing shorts to go play sport, I I was like, how do I explain to people yeah. when they were talking about like, what do you wear to the beach? Like I I always I felt like question. yeah, beach, and my yeah. teacher would ask these things, and I would always feel like an outsider. Like these people, we don't have we don't share the same morals. I mean, yeah. there's certain things we share, but a lot of times their society is completely different to what I grew up in as well. Yeah. So how I felt, you know, when people revert and they and they live from the non-Muslim side and then they move to a Muslim and how they feel like, oh, like, they, they appreciate it more. I feel like, in a way, I kind of lived like that, even though I was born Muslim. I feel like I learned to appreciate being a Muslim more. Like, I would say I, I was a person who wasn't really shy, shy. Like, I had, I, I was a bit, like, I had, you know, I was a little bit shy, but I wasn't, like, I didn't have much, I wasn't, like, oh, like, there's a mad cover-up, or this, like, oh, don't be friends with these, don't do this, da-da-da. I didn't see it as something, like, a big deal. I went to the Islam school, and, and being surrounded by these people, I appreciated that kind of, like, I appreciated the idea that I was surrounded by people who were similar to me. I loved the fact that I had people that, especially Somalis as well, where I'm, like, they understand, you know? Like, if I talk about my household, like, my mom did, said this, or my we went we did this, like, people understand. Like, they understand my culture, they understand... Um, the, can relate the, the beliefs yeah, they can relate if there's relatability there and in a way it makes you feel like like normal you know yeah. and it was the first time I would feel normal like, and for years of not going to one not being surrounded by them and just being surrounded by people who do not dress like you did not come were not raised the same way as you you feel like an outsider and it sucks honestly, yeah. Yeah, honestly. so for me I was really I hated it in the beginning but I was really appreciative I, I went to an Islamic school mm-hmm. after a while even if it was just for two years Alhamdulillah. How do you guys feel about the hijab and everything? Like how we have to wear it every day? Oh, honestly, alhamdulillah. Yeah. For it. Mm. But I would say, I, I wouldn't say 
I want I would take it off because I don't think I would ever take it off because it's like a part of me now yeah but I would say I had like some hard times growing up where I was just like oh you know I kind of want to do this hairstyle and like I kind of want to wear this mm. and it sometimes it felt like okay like why am I even wearing it then like if I don't feel connected to it why am I wearing it yeah you know it's like the same thing you said with like, an empty summer, gesture you yeah. know it just felt like an, something that I was just doing for the sake of doing it so then I remember I was like okay let me actually find out why we wear it because like I'm sure we have a reason on why we wear it mm-hmm. yeah. so I researched it myself and I started to realize okay cool like it's about modesty it's about this it's about that and I started to like slowly fall in love with it yeah so it was like Honestly, now I'm just like, alhamdulillah, you know, like I don't think I would ever walk out the house without it because I know how much significance it has in my heart and in my personal life. So yeah, honestly, I'm lo- I love the hijab. Can't say anything bad about it. Same. And we're not oppressed, by the way. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, especially with the niqab, especially. I, the thing I like about that is the fact that a woman has complete control of what a man can, what a man can notice about her. Mm-hmm. I mean, normally they can, they, if they see a woman walking, they can notice anything aspects of her. You know what I mean? But when it when it's all covered, is in a way, it's a there's a bit of control there. Like you know, like you can only really listen to, you can only understand what I have to say. You can only, you know, you can you you you're, you're forced in a way. Like yeah, you have control of what they perceive you as in a way. It was funny because I actually saw like the spoken word. I actually remember the spoken word like poet, and he was basically talking about like the hijab being like oppression, like things like that. Mm. And he was basically explaining it is like in the Western world. Their oppression is basically women in makeup, twenty four seven in heels. Like they do not want, they don't want to see women like um, be natural. Obviously, nowadays we have social media and we have like all these celebrities like enhancing themselves to look attractive to the opposite gender. And so he was explaining, he's like, how can you think oppression to Muslim women is them hiding themselves when you are oppressing your woman, saying you gotta Show go, yourself more. you get plastic surgery, exactly. you gotta go this, this, it's gotten to a point where they people are starting to look the exact same. It's yeah. gotten to the point where if you go to Instagram, they all start to look the exact same. Exactly. Women will modify their bodies to an extreme while simultaneously, five years later, people were like, remember when people used to say, oh, does my ass look fat in these jeans? And now it's like, people are dying from getting, like, uh, Brazilian yeah, butt lips. Like, what happens when the trend changes? This is my point. Some societies, exactly, people yeah. get skin bleaching, people do these things, and it comes from a long history of colorism, or, mm-hmm. or people, like, you know, some cultures, people straight up will tell you, oh, you're ugly because you're too dark, and things like that. But I guess that's on the other hand, for another day. Oh, the it thing is, be- wait, the thing is, in Western society, even the, with the knowledge that Trends change, and in that, the, the desire to be perceived as beautiful by a larger group of people to gain following, to mm. to gain the likes, and to basically, you know, to be able to open OnlyFans and gain a lot of followings and easy money, basically. With you know, a lot of women know they can do that. Like if you, they can become strippers easily, they could become, they could have, they could, you know, they can. That's why women do dominate the sex industry, money, right? Yeah, it's because it's the knowledge that there's a lot of men who will buy and do and buy anything yeah. and watch anything like, that women release. It's different when it comes to Islam. It's like we are told to like preserve our bodies and like preserve, like put on the hijab. Hijab isn't just about the hair on your head. You know, like we all know the stupid question of like, it do means you have to hair conceal. On your head? Yeah, shush. Okay, I have, I have to say this story. I was just thinking about it. Like, what? Yeah. Well, you guys are talking about like um, people changing their appearance and everything like that. Do you guys know that lady that went from being a white skinny lady to, to a black woman? <laughs> black woman. I'm just going to stop thinking about I think she's German, her. yeah. It was a German lady. And then like she got plastic surgery so she, everywhere. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, sorry, I just had to get that out. I identify as black. <laughs> yeah. So and she, and then like, 
everyone else is like because you remember how back in the day it was like oh darker skin mm-hmm. tan and everything she went like she went way she's darker than us yeah <laughs> i was like okay she's more black than she went to a village in africa and she was like they're my tribe now in <laughs> i identify as one of them <laughs> Oh my god, oh my god. Okay, sorry guys, continue. No, but let's talk about that. was off topic. Yeah. But we'll do a whole episode on that. But yeah, like, what do 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 you think about, like, um, hijab and everything? Like, how do you feel? How was your personal journey? Um, like, I never ever thought of, like, taking my hijab off. And I don't think I will, inshallah. Never. But, um... You know, sometimes you just look in the mirror and you go, oh, this outfit would look so nice if I was wearing I know, I know. But then, like, you always have to cover up and, like, put your hijab on and everything. And I really like it. Like, I just can't go outside without it anymore, which is That's really good. good for me, yeah. I can't even take out like the trash. Like I just feel yeah. guilty sometimes. Like, I just go outside and, like, the neighbours can't see me. Let's just quickly run and take out the bins or something. Mm-hmm. But still, like, I'm glad that I'm Muslim and I'm glad I'm wearing the scarf I and everything. But the thing is with the scarf, hmm. well, I don't want to say it's how, you know how people say it's oppression, pressing Muslim women, first of all, the I'm pretty sure it's saying, not, yeah. it's not a ruling for other women to, that they're, they're supposed to wear it or something like that, it's just Muslim women, it's right? Supposed to, yeah. So if they're a Muslim woman, it's a woman who has surrendered herself to God Almighty and understands that I believe that you are my God and the Muhammad Sallallahu is our messenger <laughs> and therefore, alright, I believe in you, now what? What am I, I? I believe in the afterlife. What do I have to do to get there? But it's so stupid. And he gives you rules, and he says you need to do this, and you need to do this, and the believing woman needs to do that, and the believing man has to do that. But it's dumb because it's like people that are not in the Muslim community are the ones saying that we're exactly. oppressed. Like ask us. Like we have mouths. I'm pretty sure. Have you seen a Muslim woman that's wearing a scarf saying I'm oppressed? Like, no. Okay, not to say that there isn't Muslim women who are. Why in, like, can't they just take it off? Because it's a choice in anyway. Countries. It's a choice. Oh, no, you mean like in, in Saudi that, Arabia like, and other places? And, like you know, different countries. Yeah, you can't like, actually take it off. Yeah, obviously it makes sense. there's a portion of people that can't do that. But if you're living in a Western world. Um, I expect you to come ask me if I'm oppressed. Like, honestly, come to me and ask me. Like, I'm But not. then they're going to say it's because you live in the West that you're not oppressed. What no, because mean? we have a choice in the West. Because we have a and choice in the West, but there's a lot of countries in which you don't have yeah, a choice. Yeah, but that's like, my you're basing it off me. You're coming to ask me. I'm not every other woman in the world in the exactly, other world. So yeah. I'm yeah. Just, you know? You're asking me the question. So if I ask, answer the question, accept the question. But I don't, I don't think the, one, the ones that are saying they're oppressed in the other countries are oppressed because of the hijab, they're oppressed because of other, other reasons, reasons, and then they're basing off the fact that they're wearing a scarf. Yeah. Actually, I, I think it's like because a lot of people see the scarf as the symbol of the oppression in particular. Yeah. But what I was thinking about it is like, if it ha- it's an Islamic dress code. It's someone, for a Muslim woman to decide that, you know, this is the religion I believe in. This is the, the I have chosen. It's the, you know, deen is not just something you, it's not just belief. It's also the lifestyle you live. You decide to live in this kind of lifestyle. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm following you because I know that you're, you created me. And if this is your ruling, and you know better than I do, if this is your ruling, all right, I'm following it. Mm-hmm. So when they say it's oppressive, I guess so. In a way, it, it, it it's concealing, of course. There's a lot of things you you wouldn't be able to do. There's a lot of you you can't attract as many people as you want. Like but is it, it in a way, it does. We convince. choose what we want to show. And so the thing is, like Islam is the only religion that we have a set of rules that we follow. Like I'm pretty sure. They have other rules that they follow, like different religions, but we are the only religion that like have a set routine that we do. Like we get up 5 a.m. in the morning and pray. Like what other religion do you know that does that? So for you to say, oh, this religion is oppressive and this is happening and that is happening. It's like, you got to look at the bigger picture. Like we have so much discipline 
not gonna lie we actually have a lot of discipline because i don't know what other religion wakes up in the morning to pray i don't know what other religion let's not compare religions let's not compare religions i'm not comparing religions but i'm just saying like you can't you can't tell a woman you you're oppressed when you don't know what islam is that's what i'm basically saying and um i saw this thing on um on the internet it was this guy Muslim guy and he um, is from like the like social media and like he does a lot of like advertising he does a lot of like articles yeah. about Islam because he's Muslim and he was basically um, writing this article essay and I'll read it to you guys it was saying um, while Islam views hijab as a sign of women's empowerment modesty and liberation the West views it as a sign of gender oppression or women's enslavement since 9-11 which is America obviously terror attacks Islam is being misrepresented in the Western media Partially, thus pres- oh, I can't read. Thus Whoa. Actually, Islam has been misrepresented for a long time. I cannot read. Um, yeah, there is a prevalent notion in the West that Muslim women are subjected by their male superiors and the hijab these women wear is perceived as a symbol of oppression and backwardness. Moreover, more, moreover. I actually cannot read. <laughs> you mix two of them together. <laughs> moreover. Moreover, since 9-11, hijab, which can serve as an outward Muslim identity has often been associated with terrorism. In addition, gender notions of empowerment, beauty, or sexuality, and how it should or should not be portrayed in public are different and quite contrasting in Islam and the West. An interesting instance is a comparison between a Mus- between Muslims and Americans and how they perceive a diamond. When presented with a diamond, a Muslim woman wants to keep it in a safe place where only special people can see it. Whereas American women want to flaunt it so that everyone can see it. This diamond is a reflection of their bodies. While with the hijab, a Muslim woman has control over who has entry because she believes her beauty is precious and that no one should ever see it. That's really nice. And I like read that contrast and I was like, the diamond thing was really interesting. Oh, that yeah. was a really smart. That was a really smart, like way to like describe it. You know. Yeah, it's really good. I so. guess, but um, the thing is, it's like. If you see most religions, there's like there's there's there's, there's face coverings and there's hijabs mm-hmm. in every religion, and I'm pretty sure a lot of these religions are supposed to be doing it as well. Like it, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was like shave your head or wear it, you know, cover you or or wear a scarf or something like that. Was it Jews? It's just that, that Islam is Jews the only like one. No, not just Jews. Was, like some Christians Jews wear well, literal burkas. Like, um, I've seen Jews, Jewish women in burkas basically. Yeah. I Orthodox Christians in hijabs and stuff. That's my point. Is like it's just that it's more prevalent for Muslim women to wear yeah. it at a larger scale. So we are represented as the to wear and the idea of wanting to reform us in order to like i don't understand that like this is if you believe what you believe (laughs) the whole entire article that i was reading to get information and then i was like thinking about it and i was like what the hell this is not written by a person who likes muslims the whole entire question was like the question is posed time and time again but will my, Muslims ever be able to reform and modernize in, and join the 21st century but who gets to mean? make that decision what, who, that what, who's what are we modernizing like, to what, who, what, what do we modernize what do you want to modernize I'm pretty sure everyone wants to change the religion to something else I'm sure a lot of people want to normalize a lot of things yeah um, uh, well, who needs Muslim to make that decision? Who's the prophet? Now. Do we have another exactly. prophet? Do we have another prophet? Are we going to get another Quran? Like, is someone going to make a Quran and everyone's going to start following it? Like, what sense understand. does that make? We spent centuries following this religion. Exactly. And we're not going to end it now because no. like, because because it doesn't fit with like what everyone else considers yeah. correct. That article is a bit mad, not a lie, because that's a bit... Well, the thing is, like, it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not even a man. Okay, it's a being of supreme authority and intelligence, mm-hmm. okay? This, this being is... 
doesn't even even when we say him it's he's not a him you know mm-hmm. it's not coming from a man saying women should do this yeah. there's rules for men and women there's dress code for men as well and there's rules linked that men are expected to do as well but, as however, women. but no one women are seen as like the top tier like they have to like adhere to everything they're seen on a greater scale than Muslim men, 100%. It's because 100%. if you... I hate men. If you want to... I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know why I keep thinking of stupid stuff. Why? <laughs> I was thinking, imagine if it was men and women, the opposite men had to like stay at home and give birth and stuff like that. I would love that. Imagine that. But they don't have... Okay, guys, no, I said, I'm just thinking of it. Yes. It's just stupid. Okay, funny. listen. <laughs> guys. Okay, listen, listen. So when, if God... If, if it came from a rule... What is it? If it came from a a person, a human being, saying, I think, as another human being, as a man, that women shouldn't do this and women shouldn't do that. Okay, I guess that's pretty... Se- that could be sexist, I guess. But is, is Allah a man? Is Allah even human? Obviously, everything that he Allah is, is sending to us is, like, to protect us. It is. This... Allah Makes knows. Sense, people, that's the thing, people are taking people it to don't a different see it like that. Allah knows what's going to happen to, way before time, the end of the, before the end of the world. Allah knows what, what happened in the past. So when Allah's making us rules to follow, he's, he's not doing it based on the current. He's doing it with the knowledge of what would happen at every t- uh, uh, what would happen in the future? What would ha- what happened in the past? Yeah. What would happen if society had changed into this this way of? Then that's the thing. Not everyone thinks like us. I understand that, so, but know? that's my point. So, it's like, so when you're saying, oh, it's it's oppressive, it's sexist, da, 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 how is it? This this being is making rules. Humans are gendered species. Okay, this is intersex, but there's rulings. We're built differently. Okay, yeah. you, let's see the transgender <laughs> athletes. Is going in for I'm so mad. See these. Trans- how many times how long have women western women (laughs) fought for separate women's spaces separate women's spaces the ability to go to why because i'm sorry if whether you like to accept it or not we are built different okay these cases where women men have transitioned into women and are complete dominating women's sport where do you think it's coming from they take all these hormones they're getting surgeries and they're still dominating you know why it's because they're men. There's they're, a they're physical difference, and I'm not just. And that's not what I'm basing on, like the Islamic hijab. But come on, you put a putting a man in a room full of women. You think he's gonna get scared? Obviously. Oh, he's gonna get excited, like if, oh, he, no, if he's he into get scared. On the other like hand, <laughs> you put a, a girl in a room full, full of men. She's gonna be terrified. You put even one on one. A lot I mean, of women would never want to go up against a man one on one. One on one, another. Why? Because she knows if if there's no if there's no one around her, and if he decides to go full out. If, unless she's somehow very strong, an athlete, a marine, or something, the chances are he could easily hurt her. Yeah, obviously. Okay, so there's certain rules. Well, I think oh, we touched base on a lot about okay. yeah. Okay, like, I don't know where I was going with yeah, this. I don't know where you were going either, but you made something. Yeah, points. because I was trying to say something, but you guys kept on like interrupting me. So Sorry. it's your fault because you guys couldn't catch. Okay. Okay, we're going to talk about things that are being normalized in Islam. The things that are like. Zina mm-hmm. and alcohol and gambling. You know what? I understand yeah. why every single one of them is haram anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine gambling, yeah? You go and put your money and you lose all that money and you can't pay your rent. <laughs> and then later on you keep going back there because you're just like, you know, this time I'm going to win. Mm-hmm. It's addiction, but then, yeah, yeah and then you, you owe so much money to people for no reason. Yeah. And I also feel like in like even though it's normalized in like the Western society and everything, obviously it's normalized because it's a Western society. Yeah. However, when it's normalized in the Muslim community, that's where I have an issue with, because it's like, how? Like I just don't understand. Like, obviously everyone has struggles with the Dean, 
and everyone goes up and down with their e-man but i feel like there's a certain level or certain like i don't know how to explain like certain like extent where you should know that there's just certain things where you just don't not do. the gravity of your sins like, yeah, like exactly. you just don't do it and i'm just like wow because nowadays it's so normal to like drink the Muslim community. Yeah. It is. It is. I don't know. A anything. lot of people do that. A lot of people do that, and it's not like I'm coming for anyone, but like, it's it makes me feel like there's so many different versions of being Muslim out there. Mm-hmm. Because someone could be like, oh well, that person drinks. How come you don't drink? Or this person wears a hijab, but how come you don't wear the hijab? It's like five hundred versions of like the same religion. <laughs> just like what? I feel like that's even worse than a non-Muslim drinking because it's like it's not like they they have yeah a, they don't have a set of rulings that would yeah. to follow anyway. Another it's gr- it's worse with a Muslim drink because they acknowledge a lot and then they still do it anyway. Exactly. It's like it's like I know you exist and I believe in you, but I'm gonna do what I want anyway. Honestly, it's so sad. And if like, did you guys realize like haram relationships have become like norms, such a normal thing? <laughs> but I, okay, I understand that you have to get to know someone in order to see that. See if you want to be with them, you understand? Yeah. But then, like, other stuff that you're not supposed to do while you're not married exactly. is being done. Yeah. They're, like, talking, getting to know each other, all of that is normal. Yeah, and, like, letting, like, someone know, like, a mahram, like, letting someone know. Yeah, then that, that you want to get to know yeah, them. Yeah, that's fine, but, like, I feel like there's just no barakah in it if, like, you know, you're in a haram relationship. There's no barakah at the end of the day. When you get married to that person, it's just, or even if you do end up getting married to that person because you just don't know. Imagine if you don't. That's sad. That's so sad. Why would you put yourself in that situation? Exactly. That's so sad. But, Rona, you want to say anything to do with that? You're awfully quiet. I'm going to be honest. I, 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 was, I wasn't quite aware. I had a stereotype idea of Muslims, and that was basically that most of them were strict. Mm-hmm. And I felt I was kind of a lackluster. And then after coming from a non-Muslim school, just, just not being Muslim for pretty much most of my life. I mean, I was, but you know what I mean. And then, so when I actually, like, became Muslim-Muslim, and seeing a lot of Muslim-Muslims not doing the things they should be doing, I was like, oh, okay, so I don't fit anywhere. <laughs> it's like, you know, in that state where you're like, there's there's people that I'm supposed to identify with, and they're not doing the right thing, and then there's people I used to identify with, and they're not really they're doing the right thing. So it's like, wh- where do we fit in? Like, yeah. it feels like there's less and less of us that are actually practicing, actually practicing anymore, you know? It's weird everyone though. has their own everyone has their struggles and there's a lot of times where I'm really yeah. weak but it's like I would never post myself doing it yeah I would people, never tell people oh I would never God. encourage someone else to do it the way people publicize their sins like it's nothing I'm just like wow like, it's just it starts to feel suffocating doesn't it like, with the growing no just not just that it's just like it's like the, if I had an ummah like the ummah when it was united I feel like I would gain some strength from that, mm-hmm. knowing that we're together. But it feels like these days, it feels like we're, there's less of us being together and there's mm-hmm. just more of the ones, just even Muslims doing the wrong thing. Like, that's the thing I was saying. It's like shame. Like, how do you expect Allah to cover your sins when you're not even covering your own sins? Exactly. Yeah. Like, it makes no sense to It's me like how you said, me. like, um, if you committed zina, someone asked this, they were like, oh, if I, if I committed zina mm-hmm. and, um, like, I repented and everything and I'm getting married... Mm-hmm. Like, what should I tell them about it? Mm. It's like you can't tell them about yeah. it, you have to keep it to yourself. Yeah, it's the exact same thing as in, like, imagine like you just post with people, like, doing some things that you're not supposed to be doing, yeah. and then that's all out there anyway. Yeah, and you just keep it to yourself if you're gonna do it. It's just honestly, I don't know, it's like it's not that hard to keep it to yourself, it's really yeah, but doesn't it like sort of feel like I don't know? It's like I feel like it's sort of like makes me kind of sad because it's like 
I feel like one of the things that really, what I really liked about being Muslim, I like about being Muslim is like that sometimes when it feels like we're connected mm-hmm. in a way, like that there's, we're connected by something greater, you know, like we're put on, into all these different tribes and everything, but you know, the, the closest to you is the one who fears Allah. Mm-hmm. And I'll, it feels like nowadays, it's like even within our community, I see f- people from like Somalia even, like videos and stuff, and they're in Somalia, and I just think, wow, like like they're doing all these things, and it's like, what happened like where where are the muslims you know you know what i mean it's like we can make all the mistakes and what i'm not saying i'm better than any of these people 100 percent, i don't think i am i think i'm really weak in general and i could be mm-hmm. doing better but it's so upsetting <laughs> <laughs> why is this harder than the, the other times don't tell them how many times you record it always the conclusion that i struggle with you know even in essays it's just basically like did you like I, i'm like all right that's i spend 20 minutes just doing conclusions it's so it's so hard <laughs> introduction to conclusions but is there anything else you want to say <laughs> i want to say hey, listen listen real real talk <laughs> okay guys listen you know <laughs> like, they're not going anywhere just keep Oh, you just had the real talk? <laughs> I think I had a delayed reaction. Yeah, 100%. Go, keep going. <laughs> listen. Okay, go. Okay, guys, listen. Okay, um, on that note, may Allah protect us all. Uh, read Surah Tukaf, I think, to I'm protect ready. yourself from the Dajjal. Um, guys, at the end of the day, what's haram is haram, and what is halal is halal. No matter how, no matter if everyone is doing it, everyone around you is doing it, okay? And inshallah, with dedication and a lot of patience, we'll all make it to Jannah. And I hope that you learn a lot from this podcast. Amin. 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 Nice little message. Yeah. You and Samira, <laughs> do you have anything to say? Um, I would just say, honestly, um, have a good relationship with Allah. You know, like, um, there's many ways you can have a relationship with Allah, like reading more about Him, reading more with the Quran, you know, learning more about the Prophet's stories. Yeah, and I would just say, honestly, take time to like learn who actually Allah is because if you know who He is, then you know how important He is in your life and that will make you have a great connection with Him and have a good relationship with Him and so Ramadan's coming, you know, really fast, it's coming really close and it's approaching so it's a great time for you to like take time to like learn about Islam and like, you know, research Destroy those Islam. misconceptions. Yeah, exactly. honestly, and that's about it really. And what about you, Ifton? Anything you want to say? Everyone has their own journey and their own, like, what is it called? Life. No, like, everyone has their own, like, s- okay, can we cut this out? But what do you call it? <laughs> I need to find that word. Like, own path? Own, like, it's, it's not path, but it's like... Expedition? <laughs> no. <laughs> she went left. She went left. But it was, it was, um, like... You know how you're saying about comparing and stuff like that? Yeah. Like everyone has their own like journey. journey That's already been mapped out for own you. Qadr, own. I'm trying to help you here. I'm trying to say it off. Um, I'm going to keep this in by the way. No, you're not. Yeah, it's so yeah. hard to find that like, word. Okay, whatever. So everyone has their own like journey and path. Don't feel like you're not doing enough. enough. Exactly. Because you're doing exactly what was hard. written for you. No, not really. You're not actually. Oh, you are. You are. <laughs> you know what I did was so dumb when I was a kid. Fake Muslim. When I first first, li- first learned about um, Allah and how he wrote your past for you and everything like yeah. that in a book, yeah. So I thought it was like a literal book, and he wrote it in for you. <laughs> so this is what I did when I went back home. I was like, I take the same route every single day, yeah. 
Yeah. So then there was like this gate that we always went by. When we went across, mm-hmm. I went the other way. And I was like, can I just cross the book? He has to cross something off a book. Ifty! I, I thought I played it. Wallahi. I was like, that's Wait, is it. Is it like, not an actual book? I don't know what uh, it well, is. But know. the thing is, like, I thought I played, like, I thought she I... She played a part in her path. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, nah, he crossed off now. And like, he episode, something choose else. your story. It was the dumbest thing ever. And I've done so much more <laughs> oh, stuff. Okay, whatever. You ever played episode or whatever those games where it's like you have to make decisions for your character? I always do the... I'm I always sick. change it every time. I feel like, I feel like on top of the world. Oh, my God. Well, anyway, good luck to everyone and what you guys are doing with your lives. Inshallah, it goes well for you. Inshallah, your dean gets stronger. Inshallah, we'll make it to Jannah. Inshallah. Inshallah. And so, whoa, welcome. And so, I Middle name Beyonce. Oh my god, please. I guess this is the last... Wait. Last recording one that we're going to do. Yes, last one we're recording. But thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. And yeah, thank you guys so much. So I'll see you guys on the next episode. Bye. Bye. I feel like honestly all three